This is Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Today we're going to give you five tips for playing with two chordal instruments, i.e. piano and guitar. I'm pretty sure this should never, ever be done. This creates a vortex of thick seventh and ninth chords that nobody wants to hear, right? Well, maybe this will be five tips to not create a a thick vortex Uh, while still having a piano and guitar playing at the same time. I'm skeptical. (laughs) So this is is one that um, we've gotten so many questions about over the years, uh, perhaps not even specific to this podcast, but just as pianists. Um, And... You know, I think Adam and myself both have have had occasion to play with some great guitar players. I know I've been very lucky that um, most of the guitarists that I've worked with are so good that that it's rarely we have we even had to discuss what our approach is going to be to this potentially conflicting um, vortex, as you say, between piano and guitar. But you know, looking back and seeing what works, and especially listening to different recordings. And stuff you can. It's fun to start identifying some some things that we can do to ensure that they work. Especially if you're kind of thrust into a situation where you don't know the guitar, so you don't know the pianist, and just kind of want to make things work. Yeah, I mean, in that situation, it's like any other situation. You're just feeling out the other musician, seeing where they're going to go, and trying to, you know, create the best music you can. Yep. Uh, in that situation, so we're going to start off, and I know this isn't something we talk a lot about. On this podcast, uh, you'll almost never hear us say this, but number one is to listen. (laughs) Sorry, am I not supposed to laugh there? Are we we presenting these out of order? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is our mantra, and for a reason, and it's because it's the most important part. Listen, yeah, listen. We're gonna have a whole episode of seven minutes of that (laughs) chanting, (laughs) chanting. Listen, Listen. actually, if we did that, it might help a lot of people. That's right. Um, No, but uh, listen, you know, (laughs) hey, listen, listen. But uh, if, if you want to stay out of each other's way, the only way to do that is to be able to hear what that other person is doing. Try to pay attention to where they are, um, you know, on their bass lines and their voicings, you know, what they're doing, their energy. Try to, try to match all that. Try to be with each other. I mean, the most important thing for all of this is to uh, play confidently and in time together, you know, keeping the groove going strong. If you could do that, even if you're clashing sometimes, it's still going to feel awesome. So. Right. So the the other part of that, and leading into number two, I would say as far as listen is sometimes, and I for some reason I've been in this situation quite a bit recently. Um, I cannot hear because of the kind of venue and how the instruments are presented on stage or position. Um, I've been on these tours where the guitarist is way on the other side of the stage, and I've been using less and less monitor, so I can't really hear as good. So I am listening, listen, listen, <laughs> but I can't hear, hear. So. Um, what I would say is for number two tip would be learn about the other instrument. Learn about the guitar, you know, like the range of it, the tone of it, the voicing. So what I, what I will do is sort of um, since I know a little bit of guitar is as I'm, you know, do it visually if I can't hear. I'm looking to see how much he or she is playing, what range they're in, and kind of maybe I can hear a little bit, but by seeing and because I know the instrument and understand the range of it, yeah. I kind of know what they're doing and like the way that they're comping or playing a line or whatever. So the visual can help when 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 the listening is not possible. Yeah, and just knowing, you know, I, I was watching you and your friend Homero Lubombo, great guitarist, play duo just the, uh, last week right. when we, when he was in town. 
And, you know, you were talking about then after that little session about like how you know where his instrument ends. So sometimes as a pianist, you hang out at the towards the corners, right? right. Towards the, the end of top the, and the bottom, top, towards the top and the bottom, because you know that Homero can't play up there or down there. So right. you have. You have and that's kind of a fail safe that I've used before. When I can't hear the guitar at all, right? I'll just I will like just to make sure, and especially if it's something that I don't know what he's playing, Homero, for example, and I can't really see it, I'll just go on the outside because I don't want. I have to imagine what it would sound like, even if I'm playing something hip. But if I'm going to clash, let me just go outside at least, so 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 that I don't that, that so that that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think that's really great advice, and I mean it kind of rolls into our number three here, which is to leave space. And you know, when we say leave space, we we mean both in. Um, you know, how you're arranging, uh, you know, the range where you're playing, like we were just talking about playing on the outsides of the keyboard if you're a pianist, or uh, maybe, you know, playing down low if you're a guitarist because you know the pianist is up high, but also, you know, in the space of the tune. Um, I think what happens a lot in duo gigs is it feels kind of like a solo gig, Yeah. yeah. right? So you think you have to fill up all this space, but, you know, we've talked about this even in solo gigs. You have more time than you think you do. Right. You have more space, more negative space than you think you might. You don't have to fill up every single beat. You can have silence yep. in a solo gig, in a duo gig. Um, so I think that's a really important thing to remember, that if you're both feeling the pulse of the time really strongly, if you're confident with it, you can leave lots of space for yes. each other and yourself. Yeah, and dual situations with guitar piano, we should be even more careful because there's a potential for both parties to think, oh, I'm going to play more because yeah. there's no bass in it. gets really hairy. And it can get very, uh, you know, very uh, in- intrusive or obtrusive. That's true. Uh, number four, be supportive. Mm. Okay, that kind of goes along with what we're saying already, but it also means, you know, think of specific ways and times within the arrangement or tune that you can just be straight up supportive. So just kind of a comping situation, um, you know, if you're in duo. And sometimes being supportive is to lay out, you yeah. know, if, if you've got a, b- a bigger group or whatever. But I think in general, when I think about supportive, even when it's not guitar versus piano, um, which I guess would be a little bit adversarial the way I phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> Worst case scenario. You, didn't put a ver- you put a verses in between them. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, being supportive really means putting the – total band sound the total performance the artistry of the entirety of the group ahead of the individual i guess it's a little bit communist we always talk about <laughs> i don't totally understand communism but i know it's more about like group than you know what let me not even tread into politics you know? uh, yeah, but yeah. but what i'm you know it's not necessarily like you know democracy you're saying everyone has their voice and yes of course jazz music is is, is very much a democratic Music, but in terms of when we talk about guitar and piano, where you have the ability to step forward, to step back, to comp, to be the whole orchestra, all these kind of things, sometimes the most supportive thing you can do is to lay out, you know. So, right. whatever it takes, being supportive just means like you're willing to sacrifice yourself for the better of the whole. That's right. So, our last point, our fifth point, uh, our fifth tip for playing with two chordal instruments, uh, piano, guitar mostly, is to listen to the masters who have done this before. And yes. this gets overlooked, I think, because you know, we listen to how many great trio records and we emulate those or quartet yeah. quintet records. But if you're regularly playing duo gigs or even if you just have one on your calendar, you know, you should be checking out some great duo recordings. And yes. there's a lot of great recordings. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is actually the trio recordings of Oscar Peterson, but he did a lot of duo work in those trio recordings yes. yep. with Herbie Ellis. Herbie Ellis. Yep. And I mean, they just like support each talk about supportive and leaving space and the, the, everything is grooving. 
Um, another one, my one of my favorite records of all time is the Bill Heavens. Bill Bill Heavens. It's like <laughs> Bill is in heaven. Freudian that's true. Slip Bill right Evans. There. No, Bill Evans. Jim Hall Undercurrent album. Oh, that's, is that's absolutely. Classic. It's a gorgeous record, and they are so sensitive towards each other. A lot of support. That's a very supportive album on both sides constantly absolutely and they create such a great mood it's really it's not like two people who are just kind of blowing over each other it's like they've actually made something uh beautiful to listen to so i I would check out those first and and i mean there's so many others those are great i'm just thinking kind of popping my head is some stuff with full rhythm section like uh west montgomery live at the half note i think it is with winton kelly like and i don't even know how much well i guess there's some other recordings with them too um that's some really good example of a little bit harder driving swing with the you know with bass and drums, and um, kind of the I think for Winton Kelly thinking from the piano standpoint, not really having to change his style a whole lot um, because you know and maybe that's because Wes particularly to his style the way he played that fit in with that naturally, but also changing it just enough and giving the support in a way that really fits with the guitarist through listening yeah. and through understanding the instrument that's very, very effective. You know, there was a great recording from just a few years ago of uh, Brad Meldo and Pat Metheny. That mm. was really, really good way nice. that, that they mixed their two styles. I mean, not just like the you know, guitar piano, but their two very different styles together. Oh, I want to hear that. It was good. I want to hear it. Um, so yeah, hope this helps. Uh, I know this is a situation that comes up a lot with piano students because... Uh, Unfortunately, some of our best friends are guitarists. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, when in doubt, you'll hear it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the You'll Hear It podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a rating or review. Yeah, I liked what I heard. Mm. I'm going to leave five stars, but you guys can do whatever you want. (laughs) Today's episode was brought to you by Open Studio, jazz lessons from jazz legends. Check out our brand new All Access Pass. All Access, what is that, like one or two courses you get? Dude, I said All Access. It's access to everything. Every course, hundreds, Ah, thousands, tens of thousands of (laughs) lessons. Wait, tens of thousands. Back up, back up. Definitely hundreds. We're getting close to a thousand. Everything from Christian McBride, Peter Martin, Romero Lobombo, Gregory Hutchinson, um, Miles Davis, Mead Lux Lewis, okay, Jelly Roll it's Morton. Just getting ridiculous. <laughs> no, some of those. The first couple, we've got them. <laughs> Check us out. OpenStudioNetwork.com. <laughs>